Our scripture reading for today comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, starting with chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men, coming, <clears throat> men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. With Independence Day just around the corner, I was once again reflecting on our country and my role in it. I love this country. I served this country in the military. I stood in front of that flag and I pledged my life to this country. Why would I do that? Because I believed in this country and its foundational principles and values. But unfortunately, that country and those values are quickly fading away. Historically, America was founded on the Judeo-Christian worldview. What do I mean by that? Well, those who came to this country were Christians. They were seeking religious freedom from a country that was denying them that freedom. And despite what our modern historians want to teach us, the founders of this country built that Judeo-Christian worldview and the concept of natural law that comes from God 
into the fabric of our constitution, our legal and political systems, and really the culture of the country. And they were clear that this country would only continue to thrive and survive in the hands of a moral and religious people. And that is a direct quote. However, since the 1950s and 60s, the atheistic secular forces in our culture have sought to diminish and remove Christianity and that Judeo-Christian worldview that undergirds it from our lives and our culture. Public education, which was formed to teach the Bible and Christian values, is now prevented from teaching either and has become indoctrination centers for the atheistic, anti-religious culture of our day. Hospitals, established and funded by churches to share Christ's love with others, now seek to deny Christians the right to even practice medicine, and they now promote the most ungodly procedures and practices you can imagine. The field of science, founded by Christians to try and understand God's glory in creation, now completely denies anything supernatural and rejects anything except for naturalistic atheism. We see these same changes in law, government, the media, the secular forces are removing Christianity from our culture. And you see, the truth is, we as human beings are created to be in a relationship with God. And if God is taken away from us, the people in the society will not worship nothing. They will worship something to fill that hole. As Blaise Pascal said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. So as Christianity and its worldview is slowly being taken out of our culture, it won't remain empty. Something is going to replace it. And many people think that this is a cultural or political change that is happening, that it is somehow not spiritual because they claim it is spiritually neutral, because the adherents claim to be atheistic or a-religious. However, the truth is, there is no such thing as atheistic and a-religious. We will all worship something because we're created to worship. In our case, the dominant culture of our day is seeking to replace Christianity with an atheistic religion built on a Marxist worldview called being woke. And I'm sure you have heard that terminology before. What does it mean to be woke? Well, woke means that a person has adopted a certain new belief system. And what is that belief system? 
It is the belief that Western culture and Christianity, Christianity are racist, patriarchal, and heteronormative, meaning that heterosexuality is the norm. These are, in their minds, oppressive philosophies that must be destroyed and replaced with this new woke understanding of culture with its worldview, and I am going to argue today, its faith. So let's begin with the word woke itself. This is undoubtedly and primarily a religious word. To be woke means that you have heard a message and you have been awakened to that new reality in your life, right? That's why you're now woke. You have awakened to this truth. Your eyes have been opened. In biblical terminology, we might call it this, right? You have heard the gospel and been born again. That's exactly what they're saying. It is a religious change. You have been awakened to a new truth. And what I want to do over the course of the next few minutes is just compare Christianity as a religion with wokeness as a religion, and you will see that they look awfully similar. Both Christianity and this wokeness have origin stories. As Christians, we believe that the universe and everything in it was created by God. Therefore, he is sovereign over it. And God provides meaning, intention, and purpose for that creation. The woke religion believes that naturalistic evolution is the mechanism of creation. They believe that the universe was created by unguided natural principles or processes, and therefore there is no meaning, no purpose, no intention behind it. There is no deity, there is no authority beyond ourselves to tell us what to do or to make out of it. We decide everything for ourselves. We are autonomous beings. And these two worldviews are utterly exclusive of each other. They are polar opposites. In Christianity, sin as is defined as disobedience to God and a violation of his desire for human behavior expressed in his moral laws. God is the ultimate source of truth and he sets the boundaries for our behavior. In wokeness, sin is any violation of this new secular atheistic understanding of racism, patriarchy, and heteronormativity. If you don't agree with them and what they are teaching, that is sinful. That is the violation. And these are just the currently accepted norms because they're just culturally created norms in the first place. There's no literal truth or higher power behind them. They have no ultimate source, so they can change over time and to suit the needs of the people who are promoting them. And I mentioned those three parts of wokeness. I'm going to talk about each one of them. The first one is the idea of racism. 
And again, this is where they differ from Christianity, in my opinion. Christian theology is very clear that all human beings are created in the image of God and are therefore of inherent value. Christianity teaches that every person is a descendant of the first two human beings. And therefore, there is no such concept as different races of people. There is just one race of people, the human race. Now, we all have, a different, we all have different adaptive characteristics. Some have dark hair, some have blonde hair, some have red hair, some have a nose of this shape, some have different color skin, some have other characteristics. Those don't define us as races, they're just adaptive characteristics. We don't call a red squirrel and a gray squirrel some different race of squirrels. They're just squirrels that have adapted differently. Am I correct? The same is true for us. I'm not saying Christianity has, ever, has always done that perfectly, but that is what Christianity teaches. But see, the woke religion is all about race, at least one aspect of it. In fact, in the woke system, the more minority statuses you have, the more you are lifted up and the more you are honored and given power. In response to the perceived and actual racism that marks our fallen human nature, Wokeism seeks not the removal of racism, its distinctions, its inequalities, but reverse racism. They highlight the distinctions for equity of outcomes based on race. In that system, what they are seeking is that those who were once oppressed now rise to oppress the other in return. And again, this all comes out of Marxism. And that's a separate topic for a separate day. When it comes to the patriarchy, again, Christianity has always elevated the status of women. Jesus did this, I think, more than any other person. Christianity does believe that there are inherent differences between male and female that men and women have different gifts, different callings, different roles in the family, in the church, in society. But both genders possess equal inherent value because they're both created by God. God in the beginning created them, male and female, as separate but complementary categories to join together as one flesh in the service of God, in the service of his kingdom, in the service of the family. Wokeness sees God's creation and design as evil and oppressive. Men and the traditional roles of men are oppressive by nature. Men and women are not complementary, but interchangeable in woke theory. There are no inherent differences. In fact, maleness must therefore be discouraged because it has been oppressive in the past, now it must be depressed, and the feminine must arise. And again, we see Marxist theory. Those who were once oppressed are now elevated in order to oppress the other in return. Wokeness seeks to destroy concepts of sex and gender 
in the name of freedom from this oppression. And the last category is heteronormativity. And again, in Christianity, God created male and female differently but complementary on purpose. He designed them to join together in marriage for the benefit of the culture and the family and God's kingdom. To have children and to be the building block of this society. Thus, heterosexuality is God's design for flourishing and for human society. And again, in the woke system, these biblical and natural design for the sexes, including the traditional family, is harmful and must be destroyed. The woke religion wants to free humanity from any and all sexual norms and limitations so that human beings can be free to be whatever and whoever they want to be without any limitations whatsoever. We must be complete autonomous beings with no divine limitations. And of course, this worldview has led to what we see today, the modern sexual revolution, high divorce rates, high abortion rates, the array of LGBTQ practices and behaviors, transgenderism. And all of these, all of them, undermine God's design for human relationships and human flourishing. But there are more ways that wokeness is like a religion. I'll just quickly mention a few. Language, Christianity, did over time create a little bit of a language system because we have to talk about theological categories. We have words like justification, sanctification, grace, sin. I'm not going to cite all of them. But wokeness has its own language system, doesn't it? Words like fetus instead of baby, women's health care instead of abortion, equity instead of equality, changing pronouns, and I did do a search on Wikipedia to try and use the words that describe all of the different genders they believe in, and it would take me the rest of the service to read them all to you. And they are abysmal, some of them. Just do a search for genders. They have created a whole language system to support what they believe. And not only that, they're now trying to go back into history and rewrite this stuff back into history. So I don't know if you know this or not, but if you have older versions of certain books, keep them because they're rewriting them now to change the language, to modify the behaviors, to make them more acceptable. Both Christianity and, and the woke religion have symbols. I hope you recognize some of the Christian symbols. What are Christian symbols? Name a couple cross, the Bible, the dove, bread and wine. The woke religion has symbols, and believe me, you know what those are too. The rainbow flag, Black Lives Matter flag. If you, if you look up woke symbols online, you will see there are many of them that identify that belief system. And why are symbols important? Because we use symbols to remind us of what's important about our faith. The cross reminds us of Jesus' death, 
and our redemption. All of their symbols remind them of things that are important to their faith. And believe me, if you spent any time alive last month, which was June, you have seen these symbols everywhere. In fact, if you remember, the Capitol building had a big, right in the center of it, what? Rainbow flag. In fact, it was higher than the two United States flags. My neighbor has a rainbow flag on her porch for everyone to see, announcing her identification or their identification, sorry, she's a plural, their identification to the woke belief system. We have sacraments and rituals. In fact, we're going to participate in one today, communion and baptism. The woke have their own sacraments and rituals. Well, first of all, they see sexuality as a sacrament. Many people believe that they see abortion as a sacrament. I mean, it used to be what? That they said abortion should be rare, rare, legal, and something else. Now it's what? We've got to shout our abortion for everyone to hear. We take pride in it. Virtue signaling has become a ritual, right? You've seen that online. And everybody virtue signals to show their dedication to the faith. White people are forced to confess their privilege. Gender surgeries are available to our children. We practice baptism as one of the ways we mark entrance into the community of faith. They practice coming out ceremonies to mark entrance to their faith. We have pastors and teachers. They have TV personalities, politicians, social media influencers, our school teachers, and lots of other people who teach and affirm their faith. The Christian church is evangelistic. We seek to spread our faith. So does the woke religion. Both religions have missionaries. I am sure you've heard of the current drag queen story hour where they seek to go out and evangelize our children. They have pride parades. They own most of social media, most of our public education system, our library system, the media, the politicians for the most part, in fact, I just heard yesterday, or just saw a video with a bunch of, I'm not sure if they were drag queens or just queer advocates, pronouncing that we are coming for your children. And they are coming for our children. Because they know if they can get the children before they're old enough to understand, they will have them for the rest of their lives. Both religions demand obedience to their system. I mean, Christianity has moral laws that God does want us to follow. Wokeism is the same. They do demand obedience to their systems or you will be removed. Both religions have a call to repentance. We know that in the Christian faith. It is the same in the woke faith, and I'm sure you've seen these. I know most recent example is whenever they wanted to bring the group of drag queens to the Los Angeles Dodgers game and one of the Dodgers players spoke out about it, what happened a couple days later? He had to go in front of a microphone 
and he had to apologize for his terrible Christian belief system and beg the forgiveness of the woke elites. So repentance and confession is a part of their culture and their system. We have a concept of ultimate salvation. In Christianity, redemption is found through faith in the saving work of our Lord Jesus in his perfect life, his sacrificial death. In the woke faith, salvation is found in achieving full human autonomy, separation from God, and the ability to be the sole arbiter of whatever they believe. If they can achieve that, if they can come, become completely autonomous from God, that is what they're seeking. And interestingly enough, that is the very first sin created by human beings, right? In the garden, what did the serpent tell Eve? You will be like God if you eat of that tree. And we have been trying to be like God, to be autonomous ever since. And that is what they seek. And not only is it a religion, right? It's apparently becoming the religion of the state here in America. At least that's the only way I can interpret it. When we're putting the pride flag in the center of our Capitol building and putting the US flags in a lower position, whenever all of our consulates around the world are putting pride flags up to promote that religion to the rest of the world. If you watch any news, listen to any radio, or spend any time interacting in our society, I doubt I have to convince you of this. The new woke religion is everywhere. The news, the media, television, music, books, schools. You can't even get an email from somebody without seeing their pronouns attached to it. The woke religion pervades everything. It's affirmed by our dominant culture and now even our government. And these principles are being slowly built into every aspect of our society and life, like Christianity used to be. They're slowly replacing one, taking one out and putting the other one in. And I know I sit back on many days and I wonder, why is this so powerful? And how is it progressing so quickly in our culture? And I believe it goes back to that passage from Romans 1. where part of God's judgment on a culture, on a society, is to give them over to what they want. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, I like that, they're woke, right? They're wise. Claiming to be wise... They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. Now, I know they're not, they're not worshiping images. They're worshiping the self. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts. God gave them what they wanted as their punishment. 
to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature, the self, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. And sadly, even churches are now giving into and adopting the woke religion. Like the Jewish people of old who allowed the worship of Baal and Ashtoreth and Molech to taint the purity of the worship of Yahweh, some churches today are trying to combine the worship of God with the religion of woke. God called it prostitution back then. It was an abomination. And it still is today. And I know Pastor Brian said this last week, that churches do this to try and be kind or to not seem judgmental. And I understand that. We all want to get along. But they're embracing a false and opposite worldview, and I would argue faith. And I decided to speak about woke today because... Woke is everywhere in our culture. I don't know how much you've thought about it or how much time you invested into it, but it's only going to get worse unless God intervenes in some miraculous way. So we, as God's churches, need to understand what it is that we're dealing with. We have to understand wokeness for what it is. A counterfeit religion with a counterfeit faith and a counterfeit gospel. Michael Vallejos, in an article on wokeness, said, Today's woke religion is a mocking, empty caricature of Christianity, like earlier Marxist heresies of the last century. We cannot affirm it. We cannot practice it. It is idolatrous. And I say that especially because I do believe, and I know Brian has been talking a lot about spiritual warfare, that spiritual warfare is involved here. There are powers and principalities, which we would probably call demonic forces, that are behind this stuff. We believe that there are angels and demons, that they're out there interacting in our world. We have a spiritual worldview perspective. And these forces want nothing but to destroy us, want nothing but to harm us and separate us from God. They hate us at the core of their being. And we don't understand that. We don't, I don't think, really understand what we're fighting against. Woke advocates claim to be neutral, but there's no neutrality in the spiritual realm. There are powers and principalities behind this faith. And I may speak more about that next week. As the Bible said, these forces have blinded the minds of unbelievers to the truth of God. And the greatest tragedy of this woke religion is that they claim to be awakened while they are actually blind to this truth. The very God that they need, they reject 
in their rebellion and their sin. But lest we ever become judgmental, Scripture reminds us that such were some of us before Christ called us and claimed us as his own. So the only answer to the false religion of wokeness is the truth of God presented in the Bible and the love of God that seeks to draw his people out of this false faith and back to his family. Jesus has already won the victory over these forces. Therefore, we as believers must trust in that, must believe in that, and we must be strong ambassadors for his kingdom. In a world and a culture that is rejecting Christianity, we must continue to be faithful to our Lord. I think we need to do two things, and I just mentioned them. First, we need to stand up for God's revealed and unchanging truth and live out that truth in our daily lives. We cannot go along to get along. We cannot compromise. And if you want to read further about this, I'm going to recommend a couple of books to you. Eric Metaxas, a name I hope you've heard of, has just written a book called A Letter to the American Church where he talks about how the church should respond to what is going on. It is a wonderful book. Uh, he talks about how the Christian church in the Nazi period, how it did not respond to the rise of Nazism and what happened and how we are in a similar situation today and we need to respond to this threat. Rod Dreher wrote a book called Live Not By Lies. I also recommend that to you. We cannot live by lies. We live by the truth. And a wonderful movie just came out uh, this year. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's a movie that kind of depicts this in kind of a, depicts the spiritual battle that we see going on in the world. It's called Nefarious. It's now available to, to, to watch online, like on Amazon or Vudu or however you watch those. I would highly recommend it to you. Excellent movie that talks about the spiritual battle that we're seeing in our world. The second thing we need to do is we need to love people who are caught up in wokeness, even as they may hate us. We need to see them as God does, not as enemies to be hated, but as brothers and sisters waiting to be discovered and brought into the kingdom. We need to see them the way God sees them. And I'm just going to turn to Luke chapter 15 as I finish up. Jesus gives two parables, several parables there. I'm just going to read the first parable. The parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. God desires 
lost people. He loves his people. He wants to call them back home, and he wants us to be the instrument of bringing them back home. And I know it's hard for me. My wife will attest sometimes. I get very frustrated with all this woke cultural stuff, and I just want to be angry at people. We have to love people. We have to love them even when they start persecuting us, even when they start putting us in prison, because God loves his people. We must love his people as well. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, I do just thank you for this day. Just ask, Lord, that you would continue to be with this church as we do seek to reach out into this community as we seek to take the message of your gospel. Just continue to encourage us, guide us, and bless us. And just lead us forward in your name into this culture and into this community. In your name we pray.